to me Cause I'm a little unsteady A little unsteady Thanks for coming today, man. Um, this is a pretty new venture for me. Um, getting stuck into these into these podcasts and talking about mental health, um, depression, um, and men, uh, and uh, bipolar disorders, um, suicide, you name it, across the board, man. It's a pretty pretty dark and um, and deep subject for most people. Um, and telling their stories and bits and pieces, and not to say that's part of your background or your story, but it may be. Um, but I'm just here just to, to dig a bit deeper and uh, and hear. Get an old mark in regards to what he's all been all about, and you know, just get some insights, man. So let's rock into it. Ah, thank you, Aaron. Ah, thank you for yeah, having me here, bro, and connecting. And this is what I'm all about, bro. Let's go deep and uh, let's unpack some some deep truths. And yeah, hopefully, someone who's watching this uh, podcast or listening to this podcast may um, get impacted some sort of way. Mental health is a big thing in this country, and we do a poor thing in regards to mental health. And I've been to some pretty dark places myself, so nah, pleasure to be here and pleasure to connect, bro. And yeah, I, I love the setup, bro. This is, this is pretty crazy, so it's cool. It's nah, cool, man. Pleasure to be here. It's cool, man. So just um, wherever you want to start, you just start wherever you want to start, whether it be childhood, whether it be some deep dark places, whether it be where you are currently right now. Um, well, how's things? How's things now, bro? How's things now? Tell us what. Tell us what you've been doing lately. Uh, things. Things are really good. I've just got qualified as a carpenter. Oh yeah. Uh, with self-based construction, self-based labour. Nice. Uh, so I've been with self-based for about four years. Yep. So if I run it right back, uh, I got deported in 2017 from Australia. Uh, it was part of the 501s, and so 2017, I've just been here. Yeah, a little over yep, five, six years, nearly six years, and. Um, yeah, I'm on road to redemption, bro. Just got qualified as a chippy um, carpenter with self-based labour. Yep. Um, where the company where it's, they set up my charity, my yep. trust, called Road to Redemption. Yep. Um, and I'm about to go go do that full time, bro. I've got three full time. More, three more weeks, yeah, bro. How so good. Three more weeks in the comp and the uh, I've got three more weeks. Yeah. With this company, and that's what I was telling you about before. Like I'm sort of nervous but excited at the same time, where I get to go and do this mahi full time, bro. And it's all about. Put the personal training, the mental health and well-being, yep. um, helping people get into mahi, teaching them about um, construction, getting them equipped with the right skills they need so they don't need to go and um, commit crime and do these ram raids and all this stuff that's going on, give them better options. Um, but also break down uh, sort of into that tra- trauma and the mental health and well-being. I believe in hoorai, all the, all the walls and um, wairua and all, all, the, all the good stuff mental health, spiritual, um, physical, the whole thing, whānau. So I'm transitioning into that sort of space where I'm kind of nervous but excited at the same time. Amazing, bro. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so, so, so good. It's real funny how there's like a parallel. Um, I was just saying to um, some, some people before that I try not to get too involved with people before I actually meet them face-to-face. And what I mean by that is I don't go into social media profiles if I can try help it. Don't really look into your background. You don't. No. Okay. Because I don't want to know. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to dig into you, and I don't want to almost know you before I even know you. I'm a person that likes to see people face to face and talk face to face, and I always have been. And I get a much better. I get to feel people pretty quickly. Like when the like even you walking in today, just to have this 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 conversation with me straight away, I got your warmth and your you know your soul, and it was all put put out for me on a platter, and I could see most of that already. So um, having a conversation with you and getting stuck into things um. 
for the first time in some instances on, on certain subjects is going to be amazing for the, for the journey, not only for yourself, but also for me to be able to just feel that emotion and that, and that, and that presence as well, man. That's cool, man. Um, pretty excited about it. But um, let's run through. I want to, I want to, hear, I want to hear about this, this being deported out of Australia. Tell me about that. Like, what's, they booted me uh, out of the country, bro. <laughs> I, I, I realise what it means, but like, how do we get to that point in regards to... Like, run me through the, like, the story. Did it come from systemic from childhood, or were we, are we at a pretty bad place at that point in your life? Like, a bit of both. So childhood, running through childhood. Grew up in East Auckland, Glenlinus. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm from Auckland, so I've got a few ideas. We're about to... Born and bred in West Auckland. Oh, even the West. Yeah, so from yep. the East, yep. GI, yep. GI boy. Yep. Um, you know, low socioeconomic sort of area. Wasn't yep. much going on. It's either you, you worked in the factories, you made it in sports, or you joined the gang. Yep. There wasn't too much crime or like organised crime going on. But all our, all my older boys, all, the, all my cousins and um, brothers and that, uh, what they were getting up to was my role models stealing robbing getting up to no good so as a young un, um out of i always say it on my podcast when i get interviewed is out of seven of my childhood friends five of us ended up in, in the system in the prison system lengthy sentences from um, robbery shootings all the way to murder and my brother a childhood friend uh, shout out to d local he just got out after 18 years bro 18 years in prison now he's out now oh, he's different Different. Different. Yeah, so but I went and visited him, and then now he's telling me he wants to be on this path that I'm on, this road to redemption. So that's what it's all about, eh? like inspiring my brothers and, and sisters out there who are still trapped in the system, all still in the youth justice space that you can get out and you can turn your life around. Yep. So to answer your question, GI, that was sort of the upbringing, grew up in a household of eight, there's eight of us, bro, four boys, four girls, yeah, big toggle the household. Mum and dad uh, migrated from Tonga, yep. give us, uh, you know, a bit of opportunity here. Yep. So while they were out working, we were just out, you know, getting up to no good, you know. Yep. We didn't have phones back in the days, so or there was very limited phones, so we're out, you know, just running the mic. Yep. My mum intervened, seen the sort of path we're going down, sent me and my brother to boarding school and my sister, went to Wesley College there. And then that didn't work because we were boarding five days, come back, play up with the boys Friday, Saturday. Yep. Yeah. So she's like, man, put them on a one way ticket to Oz, Sydney, the yep. big smoke. We get there. Believe it or not, I had hair back then. Yeah. <laughs> I had blonde hair, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so me and my brother get to Oz, yeah. golden sand, waves, girls. We're like, man, this, this is all right. This is, like, this, this, this is cool. Yeah. This is big. Yeah. Um, but we. We, we got homesick after like a month. We wanted to come back. Um, but um, yeah, when we, we, I was pretty talented with uh, playing rugby union league. So I went through the Sydney Roosters um, uh, kind of squad system. My brother went to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yep. Um, but my um, self-fulfilling sort of belief, core cool belief, was always, always that I was never good enough, bro. Yep. I was never good enough. So I always just sabotage myself when I get into... Um, the footy system, footy teams, like I'll make made all the rep teams and stuff like that, but then I always used to have this voice inside my head, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And I think I always the story that I always used to say is, um, I always used to get left behind, and I wouldn't get presents, get left behind, I always yeah. think, wow, what the, can we swear on it? Yeah, bro, yeah, go for it. Do you, do you. know, why the hell am I always getting left behind? But now that I've kind of come to that place where I've started questioning my mum, there was obviously eight of us, they were working two jobs. There wasn't enough room in the car. There wasn't enough money going around. Mm. But I ran with this story that, man, you're not good enough. So I was just sabotage everything. Go out on benders, go out, um, girls, get on the drugs. Obviously being in the um, footy environment, 
the whole environment is this catalyst day. Like you're around all the time, the environment, all those those egos, all those all that testosterone. Yeah. So drugs, you name it, coke, MDMA, pills, every weekend, benders, girls, and that I used to go out and party. My brother used to go home and go to sleep and eat right. Wonder he made first grade and had 13 years in professional rugby league. Yeah, bro. So he played seven years over there in Australia and NRL with Justin Rebdos. Then he went over to. Um, to Europe, to England, and played there as well. Um, but he was, while well, he was doing his rehab and stuff like that, I was out, you know, I'll make it talent. And we always used to get told at, at rookie camps, your talent could only take you so far. Well, everyone's the same. Yeah, you're in a yeah, pool of talent, it's yeah, all the yeah, same yeah. talent, so you're gonna be better than so that. So we're sitting there going, she'll be right. Yeah, I'll be sweet, I'll make it. <laughs> and there was only 1%, they always used to say, only 1% of you you guys will make it. We're all like, yep. obviously young and full of ego, and. I'll make it, I'll make it. But then, yeah, I used to self-sabotage myself because of that belief. Yep. Where, I, where I came to that realisation about that belief was I was in jail, bro. I was in jail. Um, sorry, there's a long answer to your question. Yeah, no, no, bro. That's where we're going, man. That's where we're going. I'm, gonna dig, I'm about to dig deep in a minute. So we'll, oh. we'll carry on, bro. We'll keep going. So I was in jail and we're doing this program called IDAPT. And it was one of the programs I needed to do, drug program, yep. um, that I needed to tick off to get my parole. Mm. Um, and it's all about CBT, um, yep. like cognitive behavioural yep. therapy. You're familiar oh, uh, with that? Yeah, so thoughts, feelings, behavior. And I used to go to these um, groups, and in these groups, I always used to challenge our facilitators. I used to say, like, why is this guy, he's on the drugs. Like, they're prescribed on methadone and, and yep. the PUP program, yep. and I'm sitting there off my head on, on the ice, but I'm, like, judging everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like a kind of a circus. You're sitting there, and you're talking about your thoughts and feelings, but I'm like, why are they on a, they're on a drug program to get off drugs, but they're on prescribed drugs yep. at that time and in that headspace I was in, I didn't understand it. Yep. But now I understand people need to be prescribed in order to, you know, wean, wean. off it, yep. get off drugs. And I've been, myself have been on antipsychotics, yes. but we'll get to that. Yep. So, I'm, bro, so I'm sitting I'm sitting there, bro, and they're talking about core beliefs. Go around the group, I'm just, everyone's just like this. What's your core beliefs? And I started unpacking, getting to the childhood trauma, I started picking layers and layers. And I'm sitting there and like about four or five sessions, I got up and I stormed out. I said, like, F this session, F you, this is all rubbish. But it was, it was, it was digging deep. It was hitting a, hitting a spot, bro. <laughs> so yeah, bro, I, I, they used to talk about my childhood and all this stuff. Not that it was bad, but like some of the stuff wasn't too good, but I wouldn't change it. Yep. Um, and some of my childhood was very good, you know, it was amazing childhood. But then they used to peel back the layers, so, so I was getting up, storm, storm out, go for laps. Yeah. Everyone's like, bro, you're good. But at the same time, I was under the influence of drugs, but then started to peel back these layers with, you know, thoughts, feelings and behaviours about trauma and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, anyways, fast forward from playing footy, I got to the 21, got into the NRL squad. Yep. And then I just started self-sabotaging myself, injury after injury, obviously piling benders, drugs, not looking after myself. So that reinforced that, that belief. Oh, no, you're no good, man. You're not, man, you shit. Like, and then Self-fulfilling the, prophecy, eh? Then the pressure at home, being an islander, uh, Tongan family, my brother made it at 18, bro, like just before. So now that just reconfirms in your brain. So they're like, yep. I was like, fuck, I've got to make it, man. Yep. I've got a couple of years to make it, and if I don't make it, so I started sabotaging myself. Yep. Fast forward to that, leave footy, throw in the towel, if this, I'm not doing this anymore. Lost the love for it. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go and um, sell drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I did was I set up a nightclub um, at the age of 20 um, with my business partner. Yep. Um, and we set up nightclub promotions yep. in Sydney. Yep. And we used to run events for nightclubs. And obviously being young, you know. Hand in hand, drugs. Drugs, drugs money. Yep. 
so much time, bro. It was a recipe for disaster. What did I do? I was just partying. Like, that was our job. That was our business. Yep. Just party. Party Tuesday, Sunday. Yep. Party, party, party. It wasn't until I um, got involved with a biker gang mm-hmm. um, in Sydney. Have you been in Sydney? I've been, I haven't been involved in the underground in Sydney, but yeah. I've been to Sydney. Yeah, so you know, of course. Like, yeah. there's like a, it's like kids, it's like New Zealand. There's so much gangs and like street yep. gangs and like it's so easy to get in the mix. With, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And once you're hooked, you're hooked. You're hooked. Yeah. So got involved with a, a club over there and then I seen sort of what they were trying to do with, you know, uh, kind of the business that I was involved with, trying to um, take profit from. Well, yeah. wouldn't they, man? They're, yeah. You're a perfect, you're yeah. a perfect yeah. space for them to be able to just flog stuff left, right and centre yeah. at an easy, easy profit margin. So I just said, nah, I don't want this. I don't want to be involved with you guys. And then how did that go down? Yeah, ended up in jail for five and a half years. <laughs> so I went on a, I went on a bloody rampage, and and I laugh about it now, but it's part of my story, and I, I, I kind of, I am remorseful about what happened, but I don't regret it because it's, it's, it's brought me to this place Absolutely. that I am right now. Um, and committed all those crimes, you know, went on a rampage and, you know, set fire to the, you know, clubhouse and, and the president's car and went on a, um, did a shooting. How you not dead? Um, I'm how, not dead. How you not dead? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And there was the two options, eh? When I was sitting in prison, I was thinking, damn, see either I was going to do life, 25 years, yep. or I was going to be dead. So this is a, this is a, this is my one chance, five and a half years, um, to pull your fucking head in. And I nearly got to a point in my last six months where I topped myself in the last six months. Based on what, bro? What is, so let's, I want to dig this a little bit deeper. Yeah. So, a little bit surface at the moment. I want to go, yeah, what, what, yeah. What, like, there's probably a myriad of things based on the drugs you're probably taking in regards to your chemical reactions in your brain, but... Mm. Where was that? Where was that headspace, bro? What what happened there? Very dark place. Last six months on my leg, I was in the mental health unit in uh, Silverwater. So I went on a rampage, bro. I was on the I was chopping in ice on the meth every weekend. We'll get drops. That's all we did in jail. You yep. train all week. You organise the drugs to get inside the prison. Then you party. Jack dares on testosterone. Adds the meth in there. And boom. Yeah. Morning. That's it. That's that was for my whole like four and a half years of my sentence. And that was just, that was my experience. Um, mm. So while we were partying and stuff, and then I got on, the, on these binges, two day binges. Mm. I went inside prison on a psychosis, a drug induced psychosis yep. caused by meth. Yep. And that's when you're just, you're so fried and cooked and, 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 and delusional. Reality doesn't exist. Reality doesn't exist and you're just, you're so paranoid. Um, and then I went, I went in on a drug induced psychosis and then it was like God, was telling me you went in on a effing drug. What are you doing? You want to go out on the drug, yep. and you're you're pretty much in the same space you're at when you when you first started. Yep. Um, and that headspace I was in, I was in the mental health unit for about eight weeks, and it was like, it's like what you see in the movies. Everyone's in like the overalls, and everyone's gets their medication, yep. and then they're just zombied out. Yep. And that was me, and I was they were trying to figure out what um meds to put me on antipsychotics mm-hmm. and lagacnol have you are you familiar with lagacnol yes you'll hear my story at some point but we'll oh, get you over a coffee but yeah i've got a few idea about all that stuff now i've done done some uh, done some interesting things in my life yes yeah i bet <laughs> so they put me on all these lanzapine and all these sort of antipsychotics to get my sort of brain back to normal because i was bro i was doing some crazy ass shit <laughs> inside the prison like fantasizing about killing people eating people in 
Like my cell had six 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 upside down crosses. Like I was I was gone. That's bro. psychotic. That psychotic that I, I was good on two hours sleep. Like I just wanted to get up. I was talking to myself. I was like, like worshiping the devil. I don't even know how we've even seen having this conversation. Yeah, though, yeah, after, yeah. After you're going through that, yeah. like, how are you even the way you are? Yeah, God, man. Yeah, bro. Um, and 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 a lot of people that used to see me at the start of my leg and the start of my sentence see me at the end when I was just bro because I used to be fit as a fiddle I was in there just training every day eat right and obviously party on the weekends mm. but then some boys seen me at the end of my leg and after I came out of the mental health unit and I was just a zombie bro I'll have my meds all day just sit in the yard go inside have a have my food and sleep for 12 hours that was me on that medication um but I got to a point to answer your question about me wanting to uh, take my life was in my last six months I'm in a medical uh, cell two cameras 666 upside down crosses all over the cell i'm sitting there you know psychs are walking up and down um uh, the the screws are walking up and down monitoring you every 15 minutes you got a flap i felt bro lonely like so far away from my family knowing i was going to get deported mm-hmm. mentally not well on these antipsychotics mm-hmm. and i felt so lonely hey eh? so trapped so i'm sitting there i'm thinking man the voice is over kill yourself just kill yourself and that they've reaffirmed that that core belief you're not good enough kill yourself kill yourself i'm like the voices are just so real just fucking my head and i'm feeling so trapped and in the cell and mentally unwell and i knew there was razor blade on top of my um my bunk i said that's the only thing i could harm myself with mm. i sat there bro and i was like i seen a picture of um my, my sister and my mom and dad and that photo was just on the side of my, my bunk mm. and um it's tissues, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, I said, God, if you're real, just, just heal me, just stop these voices. Here, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, let's, get, let's get to it, mate. Bro, take your pillows, man. You meant to cry, man? <laughs> bro, I'm going to go more myself. So oh, it's stitch me up. <laughs> but um, it's like that, man. The voices are stopped. And I... It was like a voice telling me everything's gonna be good you're gonna be all right so i get up i start um scrubbing off all the 666 the upside down crosses and i knew from that moment in my last six months that i was going to be all right and that's when i i started to believe god got me you know um but that was that's the point i got to in my last six months of my sentence and then once i got deported i went cold turkey off off the meds um, and it was 2017, bro, when we got, when we got here. Well, I just went on a mad tangent. <laughs> bro. Well, yeah, that's... Holy shit. Yeah, man, so... Whew. I thought I didn't need this issue, so... That's, yeah. some, that's <laughs> some weight, man. That's some weight. Yeah. A lot of people, when they meet me, they think, what do you mean you're in prison? What do you mean you're deported? What do you mean you're on the ice? Because I was good at, I was always good at, like you're saying, the mask, eh? I was always good at putting on these masks and, and hiding things hey, from people, even my family, mm. even my brother and sisters and that didn't know, what do you mean? He's, even my business partner didn't know I was on ice, bro. And I was, I was always good at, yeah, putting on these masks and hiding things and hiding my drug addiction and hiding all my fears and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, God is good, bro, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad I'm here with you and glad to you know, share a bit of my journey and glad to be in this nice setup, bro. I mean, yeah, things are good, bro, things are good, yeah.
Bro, you got a certain aura about you, eh? It's quite a bit different, eh? Super, super, super inviting, eh? Like engaging and inviting. Just, I can feel it right, right around you. That's not even from a spiritual point of view, bro. It's just, it's just this, this calming sense of something. Don't know what it is. Um, what you see is what you get, bro. That's what I said. Like, I love it. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other questions, bro? <laughs> no, no, no. I've got plenty of questions. I'm just having a little think because it's. Um, I'm not the sort of person that will sit here and just be like, okay, bro, keep telling the story, question after question, and then all of a sudden that's done when you walk out the door, man, like, I take everything you're saying on board. Mm. And that's yeah. why I was like, I better go petition myself here because yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to hold yeah. my emotions back here. But um, I can resonate with all of that stuff, man. Don't don't get me wrong. I haven't spent, well, I've spent a little bit of time in cells, not prison, um, and drug, drug environment, drug-induced and drug environments, and psychosis to a certain degree, mm. uh, mental health issues, mental fallout from uh, mental breakdowns. Mm. That's all my history by all means. Um, gangs, drugs, drug running, and some pretty heavy heavy um, stories with relationships and broken relationships and um, no physical abuse by any means, but mental trauma. So from you know um, toxic, really, really, really toxic relationships that is like chemical warfare man in your brain. Um, and by all means, I'm well and truly all, that's all behind me, but um, um, I just, the human psyche and, and um, psychology just fascinates me on a level I can't explain to a certain degree. And I'm not sitting here like feeding off your story because I'm that, that sort of way, but I'm just, I'm just genuinely curious and, and, and love to, you know, people to hear your story because it's important, like super important actually. Um, you know, and I don't think we do it enough. No, I don't think no. we have enough networks of people that genuinely, you know, I was saying, you know, to a few friends in the last couple of weeks, we have people that want to give, but they're not even sure where to step because most of it's based around government or political agendas and red tape and crap. Like, so they're like, turn, oh, I can't do that. I have to either do it, either be doing it for a job or there's nowhere to go that direction. And then there's nothing really in the private space. So I'll have like the few friends I know about and that's it. I'm like, that's not good enough. Mm. Yeah. So, but uh, hopefully with the help of a lot of different people, including yourself, change that. Change yeah, that of course. And what a better way to do it than podcast, man. People can listen to it while they're running at home, getting changed while they're at work. Uh, and you can touch so much more people mm. um, just by sharing someone's stories. And everyone's got story. Everyone's got, everyone's got influence and impact. Uh, everyone's got lessons that other people can take from their lives and use in their lives. And yeah, it's a beautiful thing. That's why I love sitting down and having yarns about podcasts and if people can get inspired and empowered. By hearing a bit of my journey with, you know, regards to, you know, drug addiction, prison, getting deported, rebuilding myself, redemption, eh? Mm. Bro, it's redemption, bro. That's the that's that's the story. And and I don't just want to share that part, that dark um, place that I was at, but I also want to um, touch on um, sort of what helped me, eh? What helped me come out of it? So just know that there is, you can be in a dark place, like I was mentally ill and mentally unwell, drug addicted, be in prison, but you could get get out of that place and, and, and get the help. Mm-hmm. And what helped me was being on those on those meds, being on those, that medication, bro, that helped me kind of get back to reality, eh? get back on earth, because I was, man, I was, I was somewhere. Gons. I was gone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was somewhere in the Milky Way, bro. Yeah. So a big part of my, I guess, rehabilitation, um, getting off the drugs and changing my sort of mindset was, yeah, starting with those medications. Yeah. Um, that sort of I was prescribed to, um, and sitting down and um, seeing someone counsellor, mm-hmm. 
talking to them, unpacking, dumping all your shit, eh? <laughs> dumping all your stuff. Um, and what, was it? what did that process look like, man? Like, was it, um, a, was it a six month, 12 month, two year thing? Is it still ongoing? Like, where's that, where's that sit right now with you? Like, I just love to listen to the building blocks, man, because it's so important that everyone understands those building blocks, whether it was, you know, as we were well, so from your emotion a minute ago, that, that picture on that wall and that moment of like mm. lucidity to obviously get you out of that initial first block of, of issues. But then post that, what were the building blocks post that that sort of helped you get to where you are now? Yeah, so, so I, I was seeing a, um, a psychologist inside yeah. and that was sort of the start with the, um, with the medication. And then when, when I first got out, um, going and seeing someone uh, once a month, a uh, counsellor, just to unpack and sort of um, make sense of the situation. Uh, and then I started seeing um, going to men's forums, men's groups. So I went to Man, Man Up, shout out to Man Up, uh, the Man Up program. Are you familiar with Man Up? Am, yeah. yeah, Man Up. So I went and done uh, that um, course and, and completed that and gained some you know, knowledgeable uh, tools and skills yeah. that I can use to kind of deal with um, sort of with what was going on in my life. Uh, and then also with Matt Brown and she's your, not your rehab, that forum. That's the bro. Did you have him here today? No, I haven't. You got to get him. Yeah, I need to. I know. I know of Matt Brown. I've had a, been getting a hit. Um, and one of his barbers has done my hair for the last five or six years, so I know I'm bumping into very often. But um, yeah, yeah, I know plenty about him. Yeah, no, nah, get him on definitely. Yeah. Um, going and sitting down in forums like that and being part of um, other men, yeah. other tane, and just sharing, sharing your, your truth, sharing your your pain, sharing your um, the hurt in your life. Mm. And this is a powerful thing about that, eh? Being with men and just being vulnerable, being vulnerable, and if you want to cry, cry, I and mean, get a hug, yeah. get a hug. Um, but that was the sort of building blocks that helped me. Um, but also having my wife, man, like my wife Desiree, like she's been a big part of my sort of transformation. Um, I had someone to be accountable. Mm. You know, once I got married, I was like, damn. Locked up again. <laughs> no, but she's she's Aussie too, so I had to I had to take something away from that country. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't just leave it yet, bro. So I took one of the most um, beautiful um, species out of that country. Yeah. Um, but she's been a big part of my um, rehabilitation transformation. Having someone that's going to keep me accountable. Yeah. Always keep me accountable, but also challenge it and love me, yeah. nurture and give me all that sort of um, goodness. Here, he tell me when I'm slipping or keep me accountable and then also give me that love and nurture that I need um, and yeah just 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 going out and getting my personal training certificate that's part of the um, sort of more for us you might talk about mental yeah yeah well. yeah oh personal training as well yeah. <laughs> yeah so I knew when I got back I was like damn I got nothing on my CV got clean slate um, love training go do your personal training uh, certificate and that was pretty cool got that got qualified um but because when i went and first tried to get mahi bro where have you been for the last 14 years <laughs> hey they're like let me tell you that story um <laughs> you just on a holiday yeah. Um, so yeah big extended leave yeah 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 just been on leave um so they put me yeah most agencies were like nah don't want your criminal record i bet it's not bullshit man i don't even have a criminal record in new zealand yep um, but yeah, as soon as they know your background, been in jail, this, that. Yep. Yep, sweet. So I had to keep persisting. So I went and done some volunteer work for Bros for Change. You familiar? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's yes, another yes. bro you got to get on there, Jay yeah, Pukipuki. Pukipuki. Yep. Um, went and done um, 10 weeks with the bros and was around rangatahi and young people and 
that's when that, that fire was lit, eh? Cool, seeing young kids that are troubled youth and seeing bros like Jay with his story um, and his background very similar to mine, um, helping, giving back. So I had to volunteer my time. How did that feel, bro? Because it's a real tough thing for, I talk about this a lot with a lot of people and I'm by all means in that space and love that. That's what I'm so passionate about, just giving, giving, giving as much as possible. But it's quite a hard concept for most people because most people are so used to getting something in return. About what, volunteering your time? Yeah. For no, like, yes, you're, don't get me wrong, as long as you're that way inclined, you're getting a return and the fulfillment comes from seeing people grow or develop and, you know, go from there. But when it comes to no transaction of money or gifts or materialistic things, most people's brains struggle to just give openly with no return from that motive yeah. point of view. So was any, when you went through that, was there any of that? Because obviously no, with what I, you've been through in your life? No, not really, because I'd, I'd love to, I'm the type, yeah, I don't expect anything in return from no one uh, apart from my kids. <laughs> you got a cup of coffee and you oh, morning mate. breakfast? These little freeloaders, mate, I've got two of them, so yeah. Um, but um, no, no, it was all about, there was none of that sort of um, mindset. It was all just about giving my time. And I knew I had to get some runs on the board, eh? get something on my resume, and um, what a better way to do it than give back and, and, and volunteer for a great service called Bros for Change and be around, you know, young, young troubled youth and, and help them sort of. Um, you know, make some better choices. That's what it's all about, eh? Just helping them see things a little bit different and challenge them and support them at the same time, but show them a different path, yep. give them a different option. But um, yeah, no, nah, that was beautiful, bro. Doing volunteer work and then getting my PT qual and then always wanted to be a chippy, bro. Always wanted to be a carpenter. My dad was a pretty handy man. Yep. And at the age of 16, uh, I wanted to leave school. I told my mum and she's like, no, you're going to university. You're staying in school. Because <laughs> all of the parents, I love my mum, they put university on a pedestal. Yep. Um, and I was never going to go to uni, bro. I didn't, I didn't want to be at school. You know, I wanted, you know, I liked working with my hands. And yeah, I had 28. I started my uh, apprenticeship with self-based labour. And yeah, just recently qualified in the last six weeks. Um, so yeah, qualified chippy now, and now I get to go and uh, work with Noire Trust in the three weeks, um, and do my road to redemption stuff full time, bro. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, do a bit of construction, bit of personal training, bit of mental health and well-being. So I'm kind of putting everything, all these areas, all together, and I'm helping, um, yeah, young kids, bro. You see your souls on fire when you talk about it, bro. Yeah, man. It's amazing. It yeah. Comes out anything you do, eh? Like, yeah. You, 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 Talking obviously a minute ago, and then it was it was like positive bits and feasible, and you turned pivot to that little bit of the conversation, and your light, your soul just your soul just comes on fire, man. It's all That's amazing. it. And I always say that, bro, when I'm always out there working with young people, when I go and do my talks inside uh, youth um, justice residence, that's the mahi that sets my soul on fire. Eh? Like I'd go and do it for free, you know, but I'm getting paid, so it's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, doing something you love, and that's the kind of transition I'm going into the next three weeks. Uh, which is pretty fitting because my daughter, my eldest daughter starts primary school. And um, yeah, I can be pretty flexible with my time, but also do something that I love. Um, and yeah, nah, it's uh, exciting times, bro. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna ask one more question. Yep. Um, you mentioned a minute ago in regards to talking about your parents putting a university in bits and pieces on a pedestal. Just curious about your childhood. Is there stuff there? That's worth unpicking, or asking me asking the questions about my mum's childhood. No, your childhood with your parents. Yeah. In regards to the, that pedestal you talked about, 
um, self-fulfilling prophecies in regards to not being ever good enough and always wanting to succeed, but then sabotaging yourself. And then you just made that comment a minute ago, but your parents always wanted you, you to go to university. Mm. So was there, and throughout that childhood, was there something there that was them always pushing that direction in regards to, com- I guess, competitiveness and putting that pressure on you, subconsciously or consciously, that you'd always, or was it trauma or anything in, in behind that? Like, oh, I think, I think most islanders, I wouldn't say all, but... Yeah. When they come from Tonga or from the islands, they 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 see they always try to push their kids to go to university because what they see in this uh, Western society, oh, yep. Western world, is that if you go uni, you have you have all that if you want to. You can be successful. You can be a doctor. You can go be a lawyer. You can be an architect, engineer, mm. um, and that's where the money's at. So they kind of and a lot of uh, islander kids go and are in university. Yep. Because they're just forced, yeah. you know. And then after they do their degree, four years or whatever it is, they go and work in the complete anyway. yeah. Because yeah. it's not what they want to do. Mm-hmm. It's their parents kind of pushing their sort of values and pushing their sort of, I guess, the way around the world and how they want their child to be onto them. Well, it's um, almost vicariously. It's almost like they probably never had it in their environment potentially, yeah. and it's like they could have that, but let's live vicariously and push them in that direction because that's potentially what we've always wanted but never actually had the opportunity to have. Mm. So push our kids in that direction whether yeah. they want it or not, and yeah. then what's the adverse side effects of that? You probably have, a lot of people I would imagine have mental fallout from that because it's not something they're generally interested in doing. And, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why there's a lot of, or I believe, and the stats don't lie mm. that there's a lot of mental health issues within Māori and Pacifica, mm. and and a lot a lot of it has to uh, comes down to it doesn't shouldn't say just comes down to this, but yep. we have the highest rates of um, you know people in prison, yep. like because of we're minority. Yep. We have um, the highest rates of suicide. Yep. We have the highest rates of um, uh, debt. Yep. We also have the highest rates of teenage pregnancies. Yep. Then the highest rates of people joining gangs. Mm-hmm. So, you, yeah, if you think about statistically, yeah, like the, like the blueprint. And I always have this conversation, this debate with my mum. If you think about the blueprint, yeah, people obviously follow a certain blueprint, follow a certain few steps yep. in order to get whatever they want. So, if you follow a similar system add your flavor to it, you'll get similar results. Yep. I said, well, why are we still following the same, this program mm. that's put our people into this hole, mm. but yet we just close and our eyes. And <laughs> yeah. our eyes and get all we that. just cover our eyes and we'll just, we'll just keep going this way. Yep. Like, man, our people, we're, we're like in a, I always say it, like, yeah, we're, we're in a pretty dark place, but not much people are um, admitting it. But we also do a lot of great things as, as, as Polynesians. I couldn't agree more. I just think there's a, you know, just looking at it from a broadest perspective point of view, what's that due to? Lack of information, lack of wanting to know, lack of, you know. But a lot of things. Education's a big thing. It's, obesity's the one I, I should have brought up as well. How, well, I could talk about that all day. We're, we're, we're pretty we're, passionate about it. I could talk about it all day. And as poly people, like, we're... We're failing at that as well, but diabetes. Diabetes, diabetes is huge, man. Yeah, it's a major so problem. If you look at just those areas, mm. like we're failing miserably, but we are doing some good things as well. But um, it's just we're following this certain program that just doesn't work. It's yep. failed us, and we just continue to. There's a lot of things that get swept under the rug, fucking mind, yep. embarrassment, in the Polynesian cultures. Yep. But 
you know there's a sexual predator within your in the family yep. and everyone just shuts up you know the, blind eye to it, carry on with it. you know there's domestic violence going on but you're just going to shut up you know these people drinking themselves and, and getting on on the drugs or joining a gang and doing whatever they're doing but you just like we're blindfolded and we're just sweeping everything under the rug so probably most likely generational cultural as well like systemic, just systemic yeah. cultural generational that just constant reference and repeats itself mm. the whole time yeah it's sad man it's very it's sad. super sad but i do want to say oh because always happen on the negative yep. what's that but always we are doing a lot of great things oh, as well yeah that's not what we're taking not taking away from that at all it's just mm. the, the separation between the two like in that space what is being done what isn't being done what could be done being done better and then obviously the stuff that is positive why is it being done positive considering most of the stuff negative and let's look at that from that methodology point of view and let's implement some of those tasks and, and skill sets across to the positive side you know yeah. i think can be taken a lot from that but, yeah um, definitely and there, there are a lot of great services uh polynesian services uh frameworks systems that are that are out there now mm. there's a lot of funding now uh, for polynesians um towards mental health and well-being and stuff like that so moving in the right direction i believe um as well as you bro it's yeah passionate. yeah bro we're doing yeah. it we're doing it man. one pull after the other yeah good stuff brother well thanks for coming in today man it's been man, man. it's been, been real good real deep real quick get straight into it Love straight it. that's me bro real <laughs> deep real quick bro it's been a pleasure and yeah great to connect and wish you all the best with this uh uh, this new path you're going down podcasting i believe you're going to impact and influence so many people bro watching behind the screens listening um to your podcast bro because it's a it's a great thing to have and to share stories to hopefully help people out there who may be struggling and if you are struggling just know there's plenty of help out there absolutely there's heaps of help out there you're just gonna want it and and and, and go out there and search for it there's plenty of help out there and um yeah thank you brother